Now, broadcasting on StarWorldWideNetworks.com. It's time for Dr. Rademacher's Prescription for Transformation. Let's tap into your own authentic genius and live the life you desire. Join Dr. Rademacher for an enlightened conversation about our brain intelligence, our body intelligence, and our energy intelligence. And now, here's your host, Dr. Bart Rademacher. I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher, prescription for your transformation, real people, real conversations, and real success. And doing things a little differently today, and super excited that we had an echo in the uh, transmission today because both the uh, radio station and myself were playing the same, same audio. So <laughs> I'm going to be very challenged today. Uh, admittedly, I'm generally challenged you know, with the technology being the one person doing all things myself. But the challenge today is keeping a straight face with my dearest friend. Um, and I'm going to wait with introductions because I, I got to have my spiel first. Um, I have to at least begin this uh, uh, introduction because more than likely, this will be my only opportunity to have anything to say today. Uh, today, we do have Robin joining us. Uh, she's somewhere there in the background. I'm over she's here. Awesome producer, so thank you. Uh, she has decided that you know her hair day isn't working out today, so she planned <laughs> not to have the video, uh, which I think happens all the time. So that's why we never see her. So, um, but Robin is just absolutely phenomenal. She's got the most beautiful radio voice I've ever heard. It's the only voice I've heard, by the way. Um, <laughs> so I want to thank Robin for being here. <laughs> Seriously, having a challenge today to keep a straight face. But there is some seriousness in this, and um, and that's going to be my first part. So it's about next year, and it, it is really all about what is it that you're doing in preparation for that year. And oftentimes what happens is that this almost becomes an afterthought by the end of the year, like maybe a few days before the end of the year, and so oh, i got to start thinking about what needs to happen. And I've had the amazing privilege um, to have someone in, in my life that has fundamentally changed my ability to optimize and master the things that are most important to me. And I wish everybody had a person like this. Uh, in fact, you could have this person like this, but I, I would um, advise you not to organize things like this because it gets a little hairy. But seriously, this guy is amazing. Uh, Chatty Cooper from the uh, Chatty Cooper Organization Foundation and tons of other things that he does. Uh, legendary lifestyles. Um, just an incredible human being with an incredible background. Um, being a Marine, being a mayor, being a politician, and uh, having <clears throat> worked with one of the best uh, coaching programs in the world. And now he's got the best coaching program in the world. Um, Chad Cooper, thanks for joining me today. It's good to be here. It's very good. Uh, English is strong. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I am sorry if I just lose it, uh, because I will. Uh, <laughs> he's a redneck American from, uh, was it Michigan? Michigan. So you can tell the accent just a second and go very Michigander. Uh, that was not Eastern Europe, Georgia, Russia, any of that. So, yes. Well, one of his talents, by the way, is he imitates people. <laughs> <Not> just <laughs> <laughs> Besides that. 
So, um, but really seriously, I think it's it's amazing that uh, you're here today. Um, we get to talk. Um, I get to learn a lot of really cool things to change my life. And I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't uh, for the, the support and assistance uh, of you as a friend, as a brother, and also as a coach. Well, thank you. It's uh, always a pleasure. And uh, I, I mean that sincerely. I am I'm excited about being able to support your audience and mostly in what people would be going, um, dude, have you looked at the calendar? It's October. A little early in talking about the new year. And the reality is, no, we're not. Um, you know, we've had this discussion is if there's a race and Robin's betting on it, she's already put her money on me. So we'll do a different race. But if you're in the race for next year and you're competing against somebody else, who has the better odds of winning? The person that is on a quarter of the track and starting to gain full speed so that when they come to the start line and the gun goes off, they're at full speed? Or is it the person that's in the starting blocks and the gun goes off and they're just starting? We already know. Game over. Right. Right? So the problem that I see very frequently, and this is the, the work that I'm doing with my students, is we start looking at the new year as, okay, it's January 1st. Well, you've got a hangover. Um, you are already glutton. You've eaten too much, and it's football day. So that day's gone. January 2nd, okay, you've been off for the holiday, and now you're trying to play catch-up. So when you really get around to doing a half-cocked job in setting up your new year, within 21 days, you're going to quit. And the reason for that is, you really should be taking a couple of months to really figure out what's it going to take to achieve your, your hopes and your dreams for the year. And so why not do that in a, in a way that fosters a little bit of growth, a little bit of growth, a little bit of growth, so that you get to the starting gate ready and prepared. So that's really what, what um, the, the first part of that is really about. So that, that, begs the question that I always have to ask, you know, what is the reason why people are really not engaged this early with that process? Because what you're saying is, is common sense, but what's holding people back from, from taking that, that action in advance? I think people are too busy. Mm -hmm. I think that people lack the proper support group to, really work with others to to really understand what it takes. So let's really take a look and, and see what are most going to be doing. Well, they're going to be reading a magazine or they've watched some video on YouTube. And in all honesty, it's been my experience that the vast majority of them are still teaching some shape, form, or fashion of Stephen Covey or his, his time frame. Now, I've got no problems with Stephen Covey. And what he did in his time was amazing. The challenge that I have is he doesn't necessarily fit in his principles in today's 21st century. Why is that? Well, <clears throat> let's see. We have how many phone numbers today? And we don't change our, our, our phone number. We just take it with us anywhere that we go as we move around in, in the world today. 
we have how many email addresses, we have how many social media accounts, we have how many different texting. We are barraged nonstop with incoming chatter and noise. And so it really to do this right means maybe we need to take some small frequent pit stops and start just planning a little bit, a little bit, and a little bit. You know, you know that I was recently down in, in the Virgin Islands and took a week. In the first couple of days, I just relaxed. Just didn't feel like I was going to do anything. Just kind of let myself go to, to enjoy. Then throughout the week, it was, okay, here's a thought. Here's a bullet point. Capture. Here's a thought. Okay. And those kept on leading to, by the end of the week, <clears throat> having a rock-solid plan of who I wanted to become at age 70. Because that's really the next milestone marker in, in 20 years for me. So why don't they? Because they don't have the time and they don't have the, the community that helps foster that as part of the problem. And they're being taught outdated modalities. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think one of the, the key distinctions that I've discovered over time is, is the lack of awareness. It's just this expectation that you know things are going to happen and I'll figure it out later on. They're temporizing everything. They're not realizing that for them to get the outcomes that they want, they really have to plan. And you and I know the study back in the 50s, graduating class at Harvard, and then followed up 20 years later, and then 3% of that graduating class is equivalent to the income and success and happiness and wealth and everything else than the other 97%. And the difference was they had a plan. And I think what's happening is that people are just lacking that awareness exactly because what you say is the the barrage the tsunami of information and and also unfortunately i think what's happening too is is we're getting this sense of immediate gratification so this barrage gives us supposedly you know this kind of gratification in the moment and sort of delays the need to actually take care of something until a crisis happens so that immediate gratification, I think, has, has pure intentions for the most part. Um, but the thing that I am beating my head against the wall, and I, I was just talking to somebody on, on my, my drive over, and they said, look, what you got is, is great, but when I hear you talking versus when you're sitting over in, in this other is that you're filtering, and you really just need to, to be – unvetted, just let it, let it be. And so I think that part of that problem in that, that transparency is that there's a major illusion. There's a major snake oil. I don't know what you want to call it. There's a major distraction in understanding when most people are, are setting their new year's goals, goals being the key word, right? I went about it in a different beginning and said, who do I want to become by a, a certain date and miles, mile marker or, or milestone? And so if you look at it, who do I want to become, that is far more enriching than a goal. Because most goals are really about what? A material attainment for the most part, right? And there's this, this illusion today of if you get this quick fix, then it's it's going to make everything better. Only to do it and go, well, that didn't really turn out the way I intended it to. The second part of it is 
then you have the the other crowd of the the ultra spiritual people and saying oh you've got to shun all this material and my answer to that is is it's, it's yes and you want to integrate both of them it's not an either or and that takes real thought that takes real time to turn off the youtube three minute videos to throw out whatever everybody's trying to promise and say and just sit be still and ask yourself who do you want to become because that will encapsulate the purpose that'll encapsulate what the vehicles are that allow you to to facilitate that'll encapsulate the goals that allow it to happen and it will encapsulate both the material and the spiritual aspects that you need to really make it a lasting experience so really what you're saying and, and that's the key word is the last word that you used is um, establishing or defining or looking towards a very specific experience and knowing what that is in advance. And part of that obviously is, you know, who do you become? But, but I like what you said, and, and, and I, I'd like to enhance that in the sense of as I'm looking at the outcomes, I like the word outcomes more than, than the goals, but as I look at 2020 and see those outcomes, what excites me more about that, and then I really got this from you again, is, is who do I need to become to make that actually happen? And so that's, that's an experience that they get to experience every single day, every single moment, as much as I'm aware of that versus waiting for this outcome to happen and, and not having the fun and experience that I want to have until that happens. Yeah, so what really, what, why do people give up 21 days into that? Even if they do this, right? Is my experience right now, people have great intentions, but I am beating my head against the wall with this trying to figure out how to communicate to people. We live in a society today that doesn't know how to truly properly quench their thirst and what do i mean by thirst so what i mean by that is we look at the opiate epidemic problem if we look at the suicide rate being the highest in in the last 50 years and it's still climbing if we look at the number of medications we look at all of uh, we look at, at the millennial generation has been renamed now the anxiety generation. What that's telling you is people are in the desert dying of thirst. And what they're being sold is junk food and told that it's nutritious. And so how do you compete with the material shiny object when the real nutrition is I'm not saying discard that, but the real answer is spiritual fulfillment. Because we can go into this side of the spiritual fulfillment and then go, yeah, I tried that. And, you know, this person who said that they were all a guru and they were so enlightened, they trusted only to be misled. Right. Took their money and they're doing spirituality and not being spiritual. So when we look at our goals and we say, who do I want to become? It's about addressing both aspects of those by your definition, not society standards, because society's got a really low bar. 
So, but it's about our standards. But it has, we have to get past the point of, okay, if I talk about a church, then suddenly you're an angry white Republican that is a hate monger. No. Or if I talk about a Muslim, then you must be, you know, a terrorist or something. No. Or if you're a guru, you're supposed to have all the answers. No. So we've got to get past this fear. And what it's interesting is I'm seeing that the pendulum starting to swing from we had to be super sensitive and politically correct to now it's back in fashion to be politically incorrect. Look at the comedians out there. Kevin Hart. Um, um, I'm trying to think of, of a couple of them that, that cracked me up. But they're making a killing on political incorrectness. Why? Because there's a level of truth of saying, are you letting your environment be an excuse right. or an explanation? So right. your success this next year is not the environment's fault. It's an, it's an explanation, but the reality is, is what are you going to do about it? Are you going to let the external world make you a victim? Or are you going to take responsibility and say, you know what? There's some material things that I want because they complement me. Because I like nice things. But having that badge thing, in, in whether you approve of me or you, re, or you reject me, is not going to affect my self-worth in one bit. And so it's about being able to say, it's okay to have nice stuff, but it has your approval or, or your judgment has no basis for it. I like it because it makes me happy. And the same thing with if you have a faith in something, if we actually strip away the labels and we actually look at the behavior and the character of that, then what we'd actually find is common ground of more in common than what actually separates us. But people don't want to do that when it comes to New Year planning. They want to go after the, well, I want to make more money. Well, I want to have a better job. Well, I want to have more sex. I want to have, it's all softeners, nothing concrete of exactly how much money. How many vacation days do you want? Get concrete and own it for yourself. There's a lot of crap in that. So, so uh, yes, definitely. And, and what's interesting in all this is that if, if I reflect on my own personal journey, um, very blessed growing up in all these different countries, speaking four different languages, and then uh, in training for 17 years as a physician. And what I reflect on that part is that, you know, during those 17 years, I was just on, in a tunnel and I couldn't see what was outside, you know, of that tunnel. I was just fully dedicated to that. And I find that many people are within a tunnel themselves. They're not seeing what's out there, what's available to them. Because what I discovered at the end of that tunnel was that as much as I thought I was pretty smart and intellectual and intelligent and everything else, there's so much that I realized that I didn't know. And I'm finding that what we don't know that we don't know is what really makes a difference in this world. And so what I'm finding as well in our world today is that there is this intense fear of being disconnected from others. And so therefore, I must align with that. I must align with that mentality because I still don't have a, a direction. I don't know who to trust. I don't know what information I need. And quite frankly, 
the 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 uh, sense of hope is is really almost entirely gone because of all the mess that's happening in the world. And so, not being properly educated to understand what's happening, you know, geopolitically, and therefore just you know sort of shrinking, and then getting the phone and and part of this, you know, using that phone and the studies that show this is that if you're on your phone all the time, that's a major reason for people being depressed. Yeah. So what's the point of all that? The point of that is you're not going to accomplish a meaningful goal in planning for 2020 in a day or in 20 minutes. You need two months to figure this out, to break bread with people that you respect and say, Hey, what was your journey? I mean, you, you and I know that the, the, the um, chief in, in New Zealand and I said, if I want to become a wise counselor, why don't I go to somebody who I consider the one of the wisest counselors? Let's see. Um, the Dalai Lama goes to their their Marai and and rests and recharges his batteries there. Was personal friends with President Nelson Mandela before he passed, and on and on. Yeah, I think he's got a. I can trust and verify hey, if he's good enough for these guys. He might make the grade for me. That's pretty high standard. Why don't I ask what was his journey? Right. I'm not going to do that in 20 minutes. I'm not going to do that after I've been out partying. For the and, new and that's the big challenge. I think people think that things either um, have to happen quickly because they're they're impatient or they're being distracted. Or the other part that I found, and this was one of my own personal challenges, was that well, if I don't know it right away, then I'm not smart enough. And I think that's a big issue with people is that they, they, they're not appreciating the fact that this is, there's a lot of work required, a lot of time required to get it right. And knowing that many times you're going to get it wrong before you do get it right. Yeah. And let, I mean, let's be real. Um, we all have other things going on. So if you really think that you're going to just sit down and just gorge yourself, I'm going to spend the next eight hours on this. Realistically, it's probably not practical for most people. Realistically, your spouse is going to say, oh, you got time for that, but you don't have time for me or your boss or your clients. Well, that, that never is. happens to me. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was going to say something about the, uh, you know, in, in a short amount of time, but I decided not to talk about your sex life. So anyway. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Oh, so, hey, Robin. So, so Robin's here in the background. I was wondering if she's going to chime yeah, in yeah, here. So I don't in. interrupt unless I'm asked to come in. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> you're, you're allowed to come in. Okay. The box so far. Please give us the um, the uh, um, socialism um, perspective on that. <laughs> it's kind of funny that you guys are talking about this subject because I actually wrote about it in my blog today because I do transformational soap coaching. So I'm kind of like on a different train, but I completely get what you guys are talking about. And the way I talk to my clients a lot of times is I tell them, look, you've got to start off with a positive mindset. And that begins every day you, your feet hit the floor. You're breathing. You're alive. Okay, that's a good start. Now look in that mirror and become your best cheerleader. You got to start positioning your mindset in order to move forward because everybody gets stuck. You know that. We all need help. But the biggest thing is to use that mind. That mind is such an incredible tool that gets wasted so much of the time. 
And what I always tell everybody is, look, it starts off with a positive frame of mind. And you say, whatever I conceive, I believe and I will achieve. It's a good starting statement to put that positive affirmation. And then I go a step further. For instance, I've been saying, I am a best-selling author. So you want to claim it, I am. And you want to put that frame of mind in a positive mindset so that it gets you going forward. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're on to something. I should try that in my coaching practice because what I do is I read the coaching form and then I usually get on. I'm like, I've looked over your form. I just give up. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't see a way forward. So um, He's that, only talking about me, by the way. That <laughs> might have something to do with my retention rate. But I don't know. I think I like your, your path better. But if we look at, at yours, with you saying, I, I'm a best-selling author, that's who you want to become. Right. And it takes us time to get out of the, the social indoctrination of, Robin, you better be appropriate. You better behave appropriately. You know, don't post something that might piss somebody off. And so we're... We're supposed to be the nation of dreams, the, mm -hmm. the, the yellow brick road that is paved with gold that you can realize and manifest your dreams. But if you do, don't get too boisterous about it. Don't don't scream it to the rooftop. You better play small because you might, you know, um, upset somebody else. So it takes us time to remove that armor to remove that being socially appropriate and allowing us to be in a position of dreaming the possibilities. Right. Cause we fear what others think most of the time. Right. And to be persistent and consistent in that <clears throat> because we fear about what other people think. But, but I do like what you said, Robin, and it, it does start off with a positive mindset and there is truth. I mean, everything that's ever been manifested started off in your head. And so whatever we can think of, we can make happen. And it's only going to happen when you're putting positive energy in there and, and absolutely 100%. Right. And uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. Like he said, it is a work in progress, but you have to constantly focus on that work in progress and keep right. going with the positive mindset. Well, let, let's look at, Ramin, you picked to be a best-selling author. Yeah, it was just an you, example I put out there. Yeah. So I, I chose to be a best-selling author, like legitimately, not creating some category that never existed on Amazon. Before. But you never made it, though, right? <laughs> well, it was a, a crayons uh, drawing, <laughs> but it did get runner-up to um, Actually, yours. Actually, you know, for everyone to listen to, this is a must-read book. Uh, I bought it, and I, I learned from it. Uh, after the first page, I gave it up. But no, seriously. <laughs> Uh, what's the name of the book? Yeah, I'm interpreting it into cartoon characters so that that he can can finish the rest of it. So <laughs> um, it's funny, Robin, because the the title of the book and it, it did make um, national legitimate yes. um, bestseller and won some awards. It, it was originally titled "Time Isn't the Problem, You Are: Ooh. Four Strategies to Transform Stress into Success." What I found was in our Snowflake Nation is the you are was too in your face. And so I had to soften it. And now my publishers are like, it's just called time isn't the problem. I don't like that. You're kidding me. You no. changed it. I took it off and you'd be amazed at the difference. But here's the thing. Let's talk about wow. the you are. Because the whole point in that, Robin, is if you can't admit that you're part of the problem, 
then you can't identify that you're also part of the solution. Absolutely. If you can't tell a little bit of a sense of humor, then what is life for? But we can take best-selling author, and and for whatever reason, it it reminds me of our former president, John F. Kennedy, in the, the race to the moon. And he said, we choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon not because it's easy, but because it is hard. Terrible Boston accent. But it works. They chose, he chose to do it because it was hard. The thing that you are afraid of the most right. is probably the thing that you should most be doing. Yeah, there's a great mindset that says, you know, most of us are not so afraid that it's difficult but rather that it's not difficult enough. And I think, you know, as we talk about in many of our, your sessions and, and coaching programs and, and webinars, is that, you know, when you stay in your comfort zone, things are easy, that's not where you're gonna expand. And so for us to evolve, to, to have the experience in our lives, um, we need to get out of that comfort zone. We need to make things difficult, but, why, why make it just a little bit difficult? Why not make it really difficult? You know, I've seen some um, speeches at uh, graduations where people are saying, you know, stop, you know, thinking big, stop, stop having big dreams. And, you know, think small because at least that way you can succeed. And that's insane because, you know, there's, so, there's, there's 10 times more within us that, that we're capable of that we're just not tapping into and to 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 reach out for that and then to lead a life that is so just wonderful because you've chosen to have faith in yourself, you've chosen to do the work, and you've chosen to get, you know, the right kind of coaches, then it works. Why limit yourself? Right. So speaking of limit, Robin, when when you help somebody create this how many of them are willing to share that with and be vulnerable enough to share it with somebody else to sit down and say, Hey, let me tell you about, about my goals, what my dreams are. Well, usually where I start out with is I have to find where their trouble spot exists from. And as you know, it's usually from trauma in their childhood. So that's where I start at. But by the time they're finished with this whole thing, they get really excited about sharing that and being vulnerable. Because when I wrote the first book, you know, I had to be extremely vulnerable and peel back every layer possible. And it scared the hell out of me to do that. So when, mm-hmm. when you are on a platform where you can speak to people and be that vulnerable, then people are not afraid to be vulnerable if you support them. So I have found that they have been very vulnerable with their family members, and they've been able to work through some of the things that they've had to deal with. It's been my experience in that is yes, and the ones that they're most afraid of is their family members. Right. Because you were, you were talking about playing small. And what's ironic is the people that we, we love and trust the most are usually the ones that don't even realize they're telling you don't risk it, play small. Why? Because they don't want you to get hurt. They don't want to see you fail. They don't want to see you in pain or suffer. When we should be going, I think it was Jim Carrey that said, you can fail by not trying. Mm -hmm. 
So you might as well at least try. You might just win or something. I think I destroyed it. But well, Oprah Winfrey said, "There's no such thing as failure unless you fail to try." Yeah. So we need to go to our family and ask for their support. Ask for okay. Can you realistically tell me what was great about this? But if we're setting our goals, don't make the error. One of the things I learned in um, performance school speaking was never ask somebody for just open-ended criticism or feedback. Always be very specific. Okay, I'm going to talk. I'm going to go through my speech. What I want you to do, all I want you to do is tell me where did you tune out? And people will go, especially family, right? right Robin, they'll be like, yeah, but I got all this other good stuff to tear you down and tear you apart with, but that's not oh, how yeah. to say it. But they're like, but I got all this other stuff. Great. Why don't you hold on to that? I'm not ready for it. And maybe I'll come back and you never will. Right. But right. be specific, crystal clear with what feedback do you want? Do not leave it open ended. So interesting what you just said and, and fascinating. So what's the motivation? You know, what's the reasoning for people to want to be able to criticize you? I'm so smart. Okay. That's called That's projection, right? right? I want to share because I know the way I can rescue you. I can prevent you from failing or I can be the one that gets the credit because I'm the one that made the difference. Robin, we want to share in wisdom. What are you going to say? I was saying sometimes it could be projection because they're too afraid to look in the mirror at themselves. So they want to look at you and make all this big hullaboo about the mistakes you're making or they believe you're going to be making because they don't want to see what they're doing that's wrong. Yeah, I think Emerson said something to the the effect that the biggest critics are basically confessing uh, their own character traits. Um, but one of the things that I that I find interesting too in this in the world of personal development and way one of the reasons that people are so critical is because they're afraid of losing you as well. Thoughts on that? Because. If they stay behind, if they remain stagnant and you grow, guess what? You're going to leave them behind in the dust. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, the reality is you can choose to still be friends with them. You can choose to still have a quality relationship, but they can also choose to go along the journey. They can also choose to tag along and do the work themselves. But... Even dead fish can float downstream. It takes commitment and work to be the salmon and, and go against the current. That's where the reward is. And so there was a, a study where they, they actually asked, um, the, the study basically conducted it, it, that people, it, it's easier and more common for people to choose a life of less prosperity, to be more mediocre and settle than to do the work and achieve because of that fear. So do people, you know, are they afraid that you're going to, to leave them? Absolutely. Give them that choice. So there, there's a new movie out there, and I don't know if you've seen it, Robin. Um, and part of me wishes I hadn't seen it because it's taken away the image of this, of this incredible artist that I've always had. Um, to see then the the very sad story 
uh, behind the journey of this artist. You know what I'm talking about? Bambi? No. It's been out for a while. No, not Bambi. <laughs> Okay, well, let me let me ask you a question about that, Doc, because when I wrote my first book and it came out, there was someone who I'd known for a number of years and they read it and he said, I wish I had never read your book. I said, why? And he said, because now I see how sad your journey has been. And it makes me feel really bad. I didn't want to know that part. I said, yeah, but you have to understand that's part of my journey to make me who I am today. You love who I am today. So why did that movie make you feel that way? Well, that's a very interesting question. Um, But let me finish what I would say, and then I'll answer that one. Um, It's about Elton John. And he had everything against him, you know, from his parents and, and moving onwards. And so... He had a very, um, his life was very lonely and very lost in many ways. Um, but just the impact that he's had in the world of music is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, so to answer your question, I think there, there's really two parts. You know, we all love to see, to be inspired. And the, the one of the fun ways to to uh, be inspired is to actually see somebody's success and to see the magnificence of what's possible. And sometimes it's important just to see that on the surface, not necessarily needing to understand all the the things that happen to get you there. Um, The truth is, is that there is always a journey and many challenges within that journey. And so when we're embarking on that journey, then we have to also face those challenges. But as part of the motivation, it's kind of fun to think, hmm, this is my goal. This is my outcome. I want to achieve that. And to have the faith that you're going to make it happen and not be told of the truth in advance. I guess I had a, a, a maybe we're talking the same thing, but I had a very different experience with, the, the Elton John movie. Right. Now, I already knew his, his background and his history and the, the journey he went on. Um, and I've heard similar to, to what you've said, but what I actually saw was the journey of somebody who was going after the fame and fortune to become enough because he didn't get enough love Right. from his family, mm-hmm. from, from his mother and his father. Right. And if there's one thing that I could wish every one of, of your audience here to work on in 2020 for their goal would be the outcome. He had to hit rock bottom. But the, the part I love about the message that I found so inspiring is at the end of it, he realized that nobody can do his work right? Mm-hmm. and that nobody can love you enough. You have to learn how to love yourself. Yep. Being, and until you can love yourself, you can't contribute and give that out to the rest of the world. And so if there's one thing that I found just so redeeming about that was he learned how to truly love himself. Mm-hmm. All of his greatness and all of his quirks. And the thing is, is that his best friend, um, Bernie, 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 I think it was Bernie who wrote all, who was it, Robin? Bernie, Bernie Bernie Sanders. 
Bernie Sanders was there the whole time writing these amazing songs. And he's never on, you know, the candidate stage to be president telling you about right. these amazing songs today. Right. But he was there the whole time. Right. Thank you, Bernie Sanders. Thank you, Robin. Toppin. <laughs> It's okay. Um, but yeah, that's Bernie was his right hand man and he he fell in love with him, but of course Bernie was not homosexual. So that's but their relationship was just so beautiful because yeah. they created something. And like right. you were saying, you know, Elton had to go through all of that to hit rock bottom and realize, "Hey, I have my self-worth back again because he never did love himself through all of that." And the amazing thing is that Bernie saw him through all his ups and downs and was really the one person that loved him for yep. him. Yep. Yes. And was the one person that complimented Bernie's voice on the music sheet to be able to express it vocally. Right. And I mean, what an incredible relationship. And I love that, that, that you're like, Bernie was, was, was heterosexual. Mm -hmm. it, it was about love. Right. And that's it. It's pure. And, so, and even so, to the point that he loved him enough to say, dude, I gotta I, I gotta leave you be here. This is your work to do and I can't right. I can't see this anymore. So so switching uh, ang uh channels just for a moment. Um, yeah, because it's been I, I need to order a pizza. Rob, can you order me a pizza? <laughs> is she this like the Siri version? So of I, I did tell you you can pull a plug whenever you, you need it to. Um, and then just do a replay from last week. I Only think. if you share the half the pizza with me, we're good. I yeah. got Alexa, you got Robin. So, so he's he's getting, he, you know, he's getting to the point where it's going to get out of control in a moment, and then it's just going to kind of um, make everything he said in it, you know, in the last forty minutes useless because it's usually how I how I so, just bomb. Yeah, it's that right. one thing was like, like oh, yeah, that was it. That was it. Love. So talk about love for a moment. And one of my the things that I always have a challenge with is that, you know, when we are conflicted or challenged and when we beat ourselves up, and I think many of us would do that. Um, and interesting enough, I think if we treated others the way we treat ourselves, we would have no friends. Um, but as we do beat ourselves up, and I've heard this comment, we just got to love yourself. And ultimately, it is about how is it that we get to love ourselves. And one thing I shared with you a while back, and I wanted your take on this too, Robin, is instead of just putting this clean diaper on a dirty diaper, just love yourself, just like all those spiritual gurus say, oh, you just got to love yourself. I discovered the best uh, journey or route for me to love myself is to just remove the things that prevent me from loving and so that at the end of that, I'm just love. What does that mean? So what it means is, you what know, are the things preventing you from loving yourself? Oh, whatever, whatever I'm thinking of, whatever I'm focusing on, um, that prevent me from, you know, loving myself by just beating myself up, being critical about myself, and as I chunk those away, remove those, then there's nothing that is preventing me from loving myself. Because I think in the end, the reason that so many of us have this challenge and not recognizing, as, as Robin was saying, not seeing yourself in the mirror, is, is you're just looking at all your faults. But what if you were just able to, like you're saying, 
you know, he redeemed himself just to love himself the way that he was. Well, I think for Elton John, part of that along the way was um, realizing that love is not rejecting parts of who you are. Mm -hmm. It's not about suppressing and denying that darkness that every one of us have, right? It isn't, so what does that mean? It's not about, well, I'm a male, so I can only embrace the masculine. I have to deny the feminine. It's not a, well, um, there was another example I, I had in there that just gone. Um, but we all have quirks. Like one of them, Robin, if you if I ever um, hear you say, in your mind's eye, I'm never going to talk to you again. Okay? It drives me nuts. <laughs> I never I use that line. That. In your mind's eye, so overused. Okay. Yes. But it's about those things that are abrasive in accepting that is part of who you are. That the comedian and the asshole. The the you know they're there is a part of us that we want to shun, that we want to hide, that we don't want the world to see. And when we can accept that as part of us, because there is absolutely the, 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 the light in the dark, right? The, the material or the spiritual, it's not either or it's a yes. And, and when we can look at ourselves mm -hmm. and say, yes, and right, then we can actually find the love for ourselves. But if we are trying to deny and suppress a piece of that, that's where we struggle because you're not complete. It's that darkness that actually makes us uniquely us. And in the right environment, in the right context, it's an asset. And we've used the extreme example of, you know, a, any rational sane person, you not are not included in this, Robin, because, well, Bart talks. So everyone else <laughs> would not rationally kill somebody, right? Right. But if I said, okay, I'm going to hold a, a, a gun to your family member's head. This is where you bleep it up, Robin. Yeah. Then the most rational sane person would go, yeah, I wouldn't hesitate. Why? Because in that environment, it is about an altruistic pure intention and so there's a darkness uh, in us that is actually when we take that energy and serve it with good intention it becomes light energy it's all just energy and it's our responsibility to find where do we belong in this world that that darkness actually can be converted into light and so basically what you're saying it's a lot of work to do this it's, a, it's an evolution um, it is removing what's preventing us. It's also recognizing the dark side and accepting that. So to move forward, because we don't have a lot of time left, but eyeing the mind, right? Not in the mind's eye. But in the mind's eye. No, not in the mind's <laughs> eye. Eyeing the mind of next year. Do not worry. We will uh, be with you. Uh, let's help the listeners come up with some very specific steps that they need to do before December 31st. Step one, give up. Excellent. Okay. I think it's Robin's turn because that's the only steps I ever actually really recommend. 
Oh, come on now. Don't try. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to hear what Robin's so, um, uh, steps up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's done. Sorry, folks. Uh, I really apologize <laughs> for this. Oh, um, totally screwed it up. Bad judgment on my part. But actually, he's pretty good. I mine. told you to bring out the duct tape. The first is, except it's going to take time to do anything of quality. Anything that you've achieved that has had meaning, you had to invest in. Whether that's your finances, whether that's your fitness, whether that's a relationship, whether that's your education, whatever it is, it's kind of like riding a bike. you got to invest in it in order for it to pay off. So start with the training wheels. Don't make it so difficult, right? It's like trying to take a, a, a kid that's 16 or 15 and throwing them in a Formula One saying, good luck. Right. But but that's the mantra. People think that they're supposed to be able to do it that way. So, And if they don't, they're not smart enough. Step one is, I would say, who do you want to become by the time of the date that you identify? So what's the, date, the timeline that you want to achieve? Who do you want to become at the end of that? So give, give, give me an example of, of becoming someone. So for me, recently, and I could show you, and then Robin would be really upset. I could show you, I, I recently tore my Achilles heel 100%. And it's been five months that I didn't walk. I'm now walking. And one of the things that I realized, and, and for those that don't know, um, former athlete, major sponsor, was Regimental Marine of the Year. I was the guy, Robin, that was walking across the, the peaks of a mountain with a pair of skis over my shoulders, dropping into avalanche zones. I was the guy that you see like Tom Cruise hanging two miles off, vertical off of a cliff. If it was stupid, I was there, right? And saving the country, mind you. Yes. So then I tear my Achilles, playing with my son. So at least it was, was worthy of the, the injury. And surgeon says, look, I know that you coach um, these professional athletes. This isn't one of those tears. You're done. This is a career ender. You're never, you're going to be lucky if you can go hike five miles for the rest of your life. I said, really? He goes, you can, as long as you can deal with whatever level of pain, then go do whatever you want, but you're not going to be able to tolerate it. So going from an identity that I defined part of who I was by my physical ability, my physical excellence, doing charities and raising money, doing extraordinary feats having Navy SEALs support us as, a, as our support crew, to realizing I know what my self-worth is. I know what I'm capable of. I don't need to prove it to anybody. And frankly, that lion's been fed. It's time for me to pass that baton. So who do I want to become? I want to become the guy that can hang with his son, the guy that can go hang with the guys and go ski on reasonable, like groomed trails, right? And be able to have the stamina, but no longer lead, no longer be the guy that is has to be on the podium. So if I didn't have that who I want to become, that clarity, then I might still be choosing vehicles, activities that are unhealthy, that are unattainable, and then I'm depressed because I can never achieve that level anymore. So knowing who you want to become is going to help you select what are the, the, the vehicles or the tools 
that'll allow you to manifest that. So writing a book, Robin, you use that example of being a bestseller. Mm -hmm. so, so there's someone who you become. There you go. There's somebody who you can become. But here's the thing. If I know that that's what I want to become, then the second is, is what are the vehicles that are going to best support that? If you expect me to have written a book sitting down in front of a computer or pen and paper and, and just write it out, not going to happen. So what do I do? I went into a film studio in Hollywood for three days and just talked transcribed it he, he, he doesn't he has problems talking <laughs> yeah i mean the book's only 12 pages but it took three days to, to get uh, a lot of love pictures too we only have one minute so um so just just to wrap up it, it's all who you become is also your identity it's you know being super dad it's being super husband it's it's what are these things because that's those are things that we can really relate to those are tangible and they really have an impact on the people around us and ourselves and having that kind of experience that we want. Um, and one thing that he hasn't shared with us yet, you know, he, his, his plan, and he already is there if, if he would admit it, but is be a wisdom leader, right? Yes. I have, have been either naive or bold enough and courageous enough to say that is a, a marker that I want to achieve. And he's went well on his way there. So And so with that, as you're about to finish, is it's critical you have the right form of measurement. So you can tell, are you on course or have you veered off? So just to wrap it up, too, because this is what I've learned from him. Um, and, you know, I'm a surgeon, so I, I, I make things really short instead of, you know, <laughs> big, small. Um, you know, who do you want to become? And then what's tangible at the end of 2020? And then reverse engineer it in quarter quarters of the year and kind of decide, okay, what are things that need to happen? We talked about uh, deed and lagging in indicators. So measuring the activities that will get you the action indicator that you've accomplished your goal. So one thing that I'd like to wrap it up, I really want to thank you for this. Let me give you the last word. Um, thank you for not having me talk that much. Um, I think we're all thankful of that. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> you didn't have to say that, but, but that's okay. Um, how do people get a hold of you? How do they find you? So it's really easy. ChadEcooper.com. E is an echo. ChadEcooper.com. You can find everything under there, including the foundation. Um, in fact, if you go to ChadEcooper.com forward slash free courses, then you'll also find an entire free course. I ask you to donate to the foundation, and it will actually help you do your goal setting for 2020. Awesome. Well, why'd you take so long to tell us that? Because it's only a 12-page book. It takes me three days. <laughs> so um, I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher. This is Prescription for Your Transformation. Real people, real conversations, real success. Tapping into your authentic genius so that you can design and live the life uh, of your dreams on your, on your terms. And it's really all about tapping into what I call the collective wisdom creating that space of generative collaboration and really you know understanding that our life is full of tremendous promise tremendous talent we have to get over this bs about what life really is and being that victim and complaining and and and, and criticizing everybody else and start working together finding amazing individuals like chad cooper that will help you transform the life the answers are out there the people are out there you have to differentiate, differentiate from those people that say, 
oh yeah, just do this and you'll get there. No, it's a lot of work with the right guidance. Everybody will get there. I thank you. I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher. Chad, thank you so much. And I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Dr. Rademacher's Prescription for Transformation. Join Dr. Bart Rademacher live right here on StarWorldWideNetworks.com or on demand 24-7. 